0: This is Gradcast.
1: All the do's and don'ts of being a grad. I'm Callum. I'm Krishna. In
2: this episode of Gradcast, settling in. So you're coming into a foreign
3: setting, you haven't you haven't done this before. So how do you how do you thrive in that environment? And you do that by learning, connecting with people, making
2: a statement during rotation.
4: I decided to change my hair colour every time I changed teams to try and bring a little bit of a different version of myself
2: to each team. And going out of office in style.
5: I was the token federal government representative and um, the highlight was when I got taken on a high speed lap around the Ipswich Raceway (laughs) in the government branded racing ute. It was uh, very
2: memorable. All to come on hopefully a very memorable gradcast brought to you by CSC. Now, here's Krishna and hopefully Callum.
0: Hello everyone. Time has gone by so quickly. I can't believe we're already up to the second episode of Gradcast. I hope you're enjoying us on this journey and um, if, you, if there are things you want us to talk about, then write to us. Um, in the meantime, welcome to episode two. I am a little bit annoyed because Callum is supposed to be in the studio and I've come to an empty studio and I don't know where Callum is. Um, Callum is tuning in right now as we speak and this cannot be good news. So Callum, what's going on? Tell me.
1: That's right. Well, I am here, but I'm joining remotely. Uh, I've just had uh, COVID exposure at work. But it's all right. I have had a rat test. I'm back negative, but uh, just to be on the safe side, recording from home. So uh, welcome to our listeners. Thanks so much for joining. Um, it's exciting to have you back. I'm excited to be back as well. well. Krishna, they say, a week is a long time in politics. It's been a few weeks since we recorded our first episode. How's it been? Uh, what have things been like for you? Has been busy uh, where you're working and what's been happening?
0: Yeah, look, lots of APS jargon coming your way in three, two, one. Senate estimates. But can I just say before that as well, mask up, guys, hand sanitizers so that your podcast host doesn't ditch you on the day of your podcast. Um, going back to Senate estimates. I've been super busy, Callum, honestly. It's been a really, really busy time. Do you actually know anything about Senate estimates? Or have you heard Nothing. about it during your time so far?
1: A little bit, a tiny, tiny bit, um, but mostly from talking talking to you about it. And it seems, I don't know, I've heard lots of stressful things about it. Uh, it. Has that been your experience?
0: Senate estimates and stress are synonyms for each other. So, yeah, it's always stressful. But you know what? Let me actually take this opportunity to talk a little bit about what estimates actually are. And jargon time with Senate estimates, what we're talking about, um, is basically a time, three, three times a year... When senators get an opportunity to closely examine or scrutinise how the executive government is spending the taxpayers' money, and it's a really busy time because essentially we have to produce multiple hot-topic briefs on important topics that we feel that the senators will definitely want to know more about or scrutinise us about and present these briefs in a really short period of time to the senators who, you know, ask us about these things. So it's really busy and oftentimes you'll see a lot of executives running around the building, running around your agencies during this time because questions come up on the spot and sometimes the people who represent our agencies like our secretaries, our dep secs, takes these questions on notice and they get filtered down to, I guess, people like you and me who um, have to dig deep and find answers, find statistics and produce briefs in a really short period of time so that they can be passed back up on the very same day Possibly in a span of a few hours.
1: Sounds like a stressful time. Um, but there you go to our listeners. One day you two could be preparing briefs for a Senate estimates or maybe even answering the questions yourselves.
0: One day maybe... you could be preparing briefs, Callum, if That's you right. stay safe and don't keep catching COVID and That's don't right. waste your time doing rat tests. So, okay. One, yeah. of
1: my, <laughs> one of my key aspirations is to be facing the Senate committee. It sounds a little bit terrifying, but uh, I'm glad there are people who do that. And it is an important time. Uh, We've got a jam-packed episode, so we might move along. Uh, So yeah, let's get into it.
0: Today we are joined by Vanessa Rorty, Assistant Commissioner, Digital Profession at the APSC. Bit of jargon for some of the new grads, that's short for the Australian Public Service Commission. We're also joined by Kate Boxell, Assistant Commissioner, Capabilities, Strategy and Delivery, at the APSC as well.
3: Uh, so I'm actually deputy head of academy at the APSC. So I'm involved in standing up the new um, APS academy. Um, so I've been at APSC just over a year in that role, and that's been a real privilege because it's you know a, a startup um, situation where building something new uh, for uh, to give back to the public servants and build capability across the public service.
5: I look after the digital profession, and also more broadly. Uh, the concept of professions across the APS and career pathways as well. So some of you may have applied to some of the grad programs that we oversee. Some of you may have come through our digital grad programs, which is fabulous. And we do everything to do with building digital capability across the APS and helping
0: people find the right pathways into the APS as well. Love it. So I personally have a lot of friends who have come in through the digital stream and they've studied IT and those sorts of things, which I think are up and coming and in demand skills at the moment. Certainly not what I studied. Um, Big regrets there. But anyways, (laughs) what are some of your most memorable moments um, and your favourite parts about working for the public service?
3: Yeah, so I've had 30 years in public service So as a public servant and um, a year as, uh, at the APSC and had some amazing experiences across that time. Look, it's normally the team and it's normally the team involved in building something um, at that that's, um, you know, really giving back to the to the service and also back to the public and, and through government. So one of the things, look, there's a couple of things that really stand out for me. There's so many. Um but at one point in my um, past, I was involved in standing up a deep tech accelerator to get science and research applied in the best possible way uh, for the greatest impact. And so that was fantastic, working with researchers to make the most of their research. So that was an that was amazing really experience, really cool. Yeah. And then in this role, standing up the new academy, wow, it's like at a time when um, talent is in such demand so everyone's screaming about the lack you know the shortage of talent and the you've seen the job market graduates would know how many um you know how many roles are available and not being filled so to um build that capability from the inside uh, to serve the public and to serve government I think is pretty incredible and very important at this point of time.
5: So uh, I joined the APS uh, from the private sector about 19 years ago, and I'll tell you my most memorable experience, I think, which happened in my first year as a public servant. (laughs) So I worked on a technology grants program, and part of my job was to go check in with the grant recipients and see how they were going. So um, one particular visit uh, was with a grant recipient up in Queensland, and they were launching their new service that they'd been funded to help build, and they were launching it at the Ipswich Raceway. And part of the deal was that they had to like, put government branding on, on their, um, you know, their launches and their products. So I was the token federal government representative, so I got to stand with the mayor and, and do some <laughs> speeches and things like this. That's my fir- first year in the public service, I should say. And um, the highlight was when I got taken on a high-speed lap around the Ipswich Raceway (laughs) in the government-branded racing
0: ute. It was uh, very memorable. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that is not an experience you get to hear every day.
5: Yeah, yeah. workplace (laughs) health
2: and safety. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I think it's a
5: great example of the fabulous range of opportunities in the ABS. (laughs) My colleague at the time got to go roo-shooting as part of a um, paddock-to-plate technology um, project, so I was glad I didn't get that one. I was glad to get the racing ute. (laughs) Look, I've been at
0: the DPS for one year and my most exciting moment has been that um, everybody keeps asking me, so you must see ministers all the time. And I'm like, I've never seen anybody because they're never actually in the building. It's a common misconception. And um, the most famous person I've seen is the economics reporter from Channel 9. So anyways, I'm throwing it out there. That's my (laughs) most exciting experience so far.
3: A challenge for Um, a minister to visit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Kate, I want to touch back on what you were saying about um, there being... um, a bit of a shortage in the market, Mm. I guess, for for talent, for good quality talent. And also at the same time, um, expanding range of grad programs and the emphasis on the fact that there is, um, you know, this digital stream that's opening up. I'm sort of coming from my personal experience during my time as well, which is when I started as a grad and I was just so nervous um, because I really wanted to prove myself and, you know, stand out and be the stellar grad. But at the same time, I didn't know what people were looking for what my employers actually wanted in that stellar grad so to speak so um, for all of our grads listening in and our current grads what are the three top skills you expect from incoming grads or you think that they should be working on to succeed in the in the public service
3: yeah such a broad it's, it's such a uh, there's so many opportunities in the public service and that's what's amazing about it it's you know because it's purpose-driven work um, I think they can do almost anything. Anything from, they want. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of the the um, the speciality, I think they'll all come with they've been at university. They'll come with a speciality. So I'm looking at on top of that. So what are the skills that you can wrap around that that will help you develop as a you know as a great uh, you know. Contributor, employee, leader, yeah. and so for me, I think there's two things. More than there's probably many, many more, but there's two things that are really critical. I, I look for learning agility, and so it's that's you know crazy um, HR technology word, but what it's really looking for is that you you know what to do when you don't know what to do. So you're coming into a foreign setting, you haven't yeah. you haven't done this before. So how do you how do you thrive in that environment? And you do that by learning connecting with people, engaging, being really curious and open and yeah. trying to navigate and understand the context you're in. So that's a learning agility sense mm-hmm. that I think is just so critical and, you, and that curiosity, is it, it, that sets you up for success mm-hmm. and if you continue to build it, mm-hmm. consciously build it, Throughout your career, I think that um, makes a massive difference. And the other one, which is really related, is around um, emotional intelligence. And we've all heard it, but um, you know, there's McKinsey reports that say you know it's 80, emotional intelligence accounts for about eighty-five to ninety percent of your success in a role. And so this is again around. So much of what we do in the APS is working with and through people. And it's with citizens, it's with colleagues, it's across departments. Mm -hmm. So being able to navigate that and take your technical skills into a diverse setting and work really well with other people, Mm -hmm. I think we can teach the technical. And so the academy does a lot of that through uplifting all of the government skills, how to work in government. Um, And what we want to bring alongside that is those skills like learning agility and, and emotional
0: intelligence. Sure. I mean, whenever somebody mentions emotional intelligence, for me, it immediately, in my mind, clicks to being a good leader. I think all good leaders have a lot of emotional intelligence... And even with learning agility, I think with COVID and, um, you know, some of the grads working hybrid or their, you know, grad programs not starting on time or starting in a completely different way. I think they've almost been pushed to develop that agility as well. So do you have anything to add on the sort of three top skills, um, Vanessa?
5: I'll add a couple more. I think um, collaboration is really important and it can sometimes feel really hard to collaborate. Sometimes it can feel like you're putting yourself at risk or you're putting yourself out there or you're risking what you're doing being derailed. But I can honestly say that um, great things only happen when you collaborate and it's everything we do in the yep. public service is so interconnected. Mm-hmm. So that's a skill and a mindset. And I think finally for me is um, empathy. So we're all here to serve the public, right? So for, for new grads out there, take every chance you can to actually understand the needs and, and what's happening to the people that you're serving. So get out there and talk to, um, talk to people, get out there and talk mm. to the community, do the research, whatever you need to do.
3: And you mentioned uh, um, about um, leaders and emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and that just sort of Prompted for me something, and I, I actually thought Vanessa would go here on um, sort of contemporary ways of working. And the grads are all over this. It's like they know how to use technology to collaborate. They're yeah. they're so much better at that than than they need to teach us. So it's almost sure. I've, got, I've got a piece here You're that what sure. they can teach me what <laughs> I'd like to learn from the grads is you know just really. Um, great ways of working much more, um, you know, leveraging the technology and leveraging what they've learned in COVID.
0: I think you touched upon the academy a minute back while you were talking about some of the important skills. What are, um, What is the academy, first of all? And secondly, what are some other platforms or avenues where grads, um, you know, who are doing reflection can actually work on these skills and improve these skills or even pick up new skills that they think might um, help them succeed in their rotations or their area of work?
3: So the academy came out of a, uh, a review by Thodey of the public service, where um, he he suggested that w- what was happening with learning was that it was quite fragmented across agencies, and so bringing having this central area that really um, showcases all the learning that's available and and makes it accessible to to more people, regardless of where you work and what location, which department, so that um, so that more people can access learning. The other thing that um, he really called out is the need to do um, essential guidance on what it is to be a a great public servant. So we've talked about general skills there, but the Mm -hmm. academy's really stood up to help you understand and know how to to be a great public servant. So it's really things like, um, you know, writing ministerial briefs or it's Mm -hmm. um, how to develop policy or how to interpret legislation or policies.
0: What are some other areas you, or platforms or tools you recommend that grads should, you know, have as their toolkit to, you know, keep working on these skills or even um, pick up new skills? So I can, I can definitely recommend that all grads should
5: jump in and join the digital profession. Okay. So uh, you just, all you need to do is go to digitalprofession.gov.au and you okay. can join up and find out more about it. It doesn't cost you anything. You can dip in and out as you need to. Um, and the digital profession is not just for digital professionals. It's actually for anyone who wants to build their digital skills and really for people to get ready for that kind of the kind of skills they're going to need in the APS of the future. So we work hand in hand with the Academy and provide that really digitally focused learning and career development opportunities. Sure. There's mobility opportunities, there's training, there's webinars. Um, and probably the most important part is that there's a whole range of communities of practice you can join. So you can join a research and design community, a cybersecurity community community, a content design community. It's all about that
0: networking. Yep. That's right, yeah. yeah. So it's a great yeah.
5: great way to kind of um, mm. learn something new but also um, meet
0: and interact with people from across the service. I have to admit, I actually wasn't across the digital profession stream um, and website at all. So is this a recent launch? Yeah, we've been around for about, an, uh, about a year. Okay, so yeah, it's quite so fresh. To the um, and it's launched, uh, it's a COVID baby, I guess you can call it. Yeah, yeah. that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> launched off <up> a thousand <laughs> video yeah. conferences. Okay, but look, it's good to know it's free. Um, grads aren't the most uh, financially stable yet, so this is free. You should be signing on to it. I didn't know this existed, so I'm actually going to sign on to this. Um, and when, but can also, I just, when they're there, yeah. can they also sign up to the APS Academy? I was going to touch on that. So is the APS Academy... Academy free of cost. Yeah. Um, what kind of training um, is actually available on it? So
3: sign up to the apsacademy.gov.au. Um, there is a on the on the website you'll um, be able to access resources. There's toolkits. There's events, um, and so you can start to get. And it's across. We we work we work on APS craft. So this concept of craft and building a, a, a you know a profession in the APS. And so there's six craft. There's integrity. There's working in government engagement and partnerships, leadership and management, policy strategy strategy and evaluation and implementation and services. So there's a toolkit for each of those craft. There's actually courses for each of those um, craft and there's events and we have event months for each of the crafts. So you can, all on the website, you can sign up to a newsletter so that you can see what's coming up oh, as well. Um, a lot of it's free, so not all. So sometimes the courses, you know, if uh, the courses have a cost associated with them, lots of the graduates though, are already involved through the um, as as graduates in the APS, um, okay. so it's academy. a part of their training. And so they or, will be guess, accessing yeah. this already, but they yeah. can get more onto the website. So they they might be accessing some courses, but they can augment that with some toolkits and some events. So we'd love to see them really actively engaging across the whole suite of um, learning that we've got available.
0: Thank you so much for taking out the time to join. I've learned so much uh, talking to you today and I can't imagine how much the grads who are listening at home would have learned. So, once again, we've been joined today by Kate Boxell and Vanessa Rorty. You can find them on LinkedIn, stalk them, be ambitious. <laughs> They've given you the permission to make those networks, so I guess follow them and add them and um, maybe the, you'll see them at some point in your career. So, thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. Thanks.
2: You're listening to Gradcast. Coming up, Some tips on making the most of rotations. But first, let's get social.
1: Well, I certainly did take your advice from last time we spoke, uh, talking about uh, key places to go in Canberra. I hit up Grease Monkeys and got one of their famous pizzas. Would recommend, yeah, it was good. Um, It's been a very interesting time in Canberra. Lots has been happening. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, lots of things... uh, in Australia and around the world, it sure has been a very sort of action-packed few weeks. Um, yeah, lots of lots of exciting things are happening, uh, but it has been really good to be continuing to do the grad program as well and, and keeping on moving forward with that.
0: I'm back with a few more recommendations for you because I love to keep all my grad friends entertained and there's just so much to do in Canberra. It's so funny because I keep talking about how bored I used to be here, but I'm actually the go-to person who knows all the events that are happening all the time. So I do have some more recommendations for you. Um, And one of those recommendations actually is the Enlightened Festival in Canberra, which is going on from the 4th to the 20th of March. So I highly, highly recommend you to get around the Enlightened Festival. Um, For those of you who are not from Canberra or you're new to Canberra like Callum, or you're actually listening um, in from somewhere else, Enlighten is an outdoor annual art and cultural festival which is held in Canberra every year. And it's been postponed the last couple of times, so it's not been as full-fledged as it usually is because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. But this year it's back in its full form, so you'll get to see lots of light installations, you'll get to see the Canberra Balloon Spectacular in the morning, you'll get to experience the night noodle markets um, and a whole bunch of different art installations. So highly recommended get around it and um, carry your face mask with you when you do head out.
1: Yep, that, that is definitely important. <laughs> that's,
0: that's advice for you, Callum.
1: Sure, yeah, we'll we'll take that up. Uh, but it sounds really good. Uh, and if you, our listeners, have any other Canberra recommendations, uh, maybe something in, in the city where you're doing your grad program, feel free to let us know via social media, get in contact with us. Maybe you've done a Senate estimate or something like that and you want to let us know as well. Yes, I want to know your worst Senate
0: estimate disaster stories. Please write to me so I feel better about Uh, myself.
1: That's right. Let us know. Feel free to get in contact with us uh, at the podcast, get in touch with Gradcast through social media. Uh, Let us know your stories.
2: Gradcast is brought to you by CSC, the Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter Facebook and Instagram, Gradcast
1: podcast. Well, one of the great things about being back in the office this week was that I was finally able to meet some of my colleagues in person. I caught up this week with Alice Wang, who has previous experience in the CSC Graduate Program, and she agreed to join me here in the studio to chat about uh, going through the program and progressing on from a grad program into a more normal working life. Uh, So Alice, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio.
4: Of course, thank you for having me.
1: Tell us how long have you been at CSC and what are you doing at the moment?
4: Yeah, sure. So I joined CSC in February, 2021, in the 2021 grad intake, and I'm currently actually still in the grad program. So I've just finished my 13th month of around 17 months for my program. Um, So that means I'm still rotating through the business. I'm currently in the product team and it's actually my last rotation. Um, And from my cohort, actually three of five grads have already moved into permanent positions um, and two of us are still rotating through the business.
1: So some people you went through, they've already gone into a permanent position. Uh, Why did you decide to keep going through the grad program?
4: I just enjoyed rotating so much. I didn't really want to stop in a way. Um, I think the grad program is such a great opportunity because it just lets you join so many different teams and experience so many different things. Um, But I think it also has been a little bit difficult to adapt to all the different teams. So I've been in five different teams within the business um, and adapting to each one and like their working style and stuff has been a little bit challenging.
1: Can you tell us a bit about how you've tried to adapt to the different teams when you've um, been rotating through the different areas?
4: Yeah, so I think one of the most important things is to kind of gauge what that team's normal kind of working style and um, their kind of dynamic is and to just keep an open mind of, like the fact that you might need to change your own mindset and the way you do think yourself. So I think one of the ways I did that was I decided to change my hair colour every time I changed teams to try and bring a little bit of a different version of myself to each team. Um, But I don't definitely don't think you need to be as extreme in how you want to like kind of trigger your change of mindset.
1: Okay, okay. So potentially an idea for, for me or for other grads out there, change your hair colour. Definitely but just, if yeah, you want. Getting <laughs> okay, into, into the new mindset of the different teams. Oh, that's really good. Um, so you're actually looking now to uh, do your last rotation and then finish up there. Do you have any plans for what you're going to do after you finish your rotation and finish the grad program?
4: Yeah, so my plan is to return to the general counsel team, which is the first team that I rotated in, and it takes care of all of our kind of internal legal function and legal advice kind of things. Um, And I have been kind of flagging with the senior manager of that team that I want to come back, but I do know that I'll have to upskill, go back to uni and do my PLT so I can actually like get licensed to practice law and actually like give
1: legal advice properly. (laughs) Okay, sure. Uh, so what's that experience like in terms of preparing to transition from the grad program to a permanent position? Uh, I guess there's a lot of differences uh, in the sense of, yeah, what, what you were doing in the grad program before versus the, uh, I guess, the new skills that you'll need and the, uh, I guess, maybe is there more pressure in a permanent position? How do you sort of find that experience of transitioning and preparing for that transition?
4: I think one of the big things is as a grad, you don't really need to think about whether or not a team has the space to take you on and for you to work in that team, because you can kind of go wherever you want. But to go into a permanent position, there has to be space or headcount in that team for you to kind of slot into. So that has been a little bit of a challenge. So that's one of the reasons why I tried to flag with the team earlier on in the program that I would be interested to come back. So talking to them earlier and just say, like, keep me in mind when you come to budgeting. Like, please don't forget about me. Like, I do want to come back. Please make it so that I can come back. And I think some other things I think are when you're a grad, I think a lot of teams try to give you really like interesting and like project work, that kind of thing, to make you want to come back to do like just BAU or business as usual work. So I think it's also important not just to kind of romanticise what kind of team you're going into, but actually ask for a position description or ask what your duties would actually be if you came back to that team. So, for example, you might be doing a lot of very interesting project work, collaborating with a lot of different business areas, but then if you actually came back to that team permanently, you might find that you're just doing a lot of like repetitive work, for example. So I think it's Mm. important to know what you're kind of getting yourself into at the end as well.
1: What would you say to a grad who maybe they're really enjoying their rotation and they'd like to? They think they'd maybe like to stay in that rotation or, or go into that rotation, uh, more permanently once they finish their program. What would you say to them? Would you have any advice for for sort of preparing to do that or thinking about doing that?
4: I think definitely I would tell them to talk to the manager of that team as soon mm, as you sure. can. Just book in some time to catch up, even if you've changed your rotation, um, try and keep yourself at the forefront of their minds. So if you have a chance, if you're in the office, just to kind of wander past that section that they sit at and just be like, oh, hey, like, what's going on? How's everything going? Even if you don't really book in a very formal catch up, the fact that you're still kind of making yourself visible to them, I think is very important because with I think APS departments, headcount can sometimes be an issue. So just sure. making sure that they remember that you're going to come back and that you want to come back, I think is super important.
1: So, yeah, sort of, I guess, making sure that, um, yeah, the supervisors, first of all, know who you are, but also, yeah, know that you're really, really keen and interested. So, Alice, your uh, area where you're wanting to go into is general counsel. Um, what made you particularly choose that area as a, um, somewhere to go into after you finish the graduate program?
4: Yeah, so I think for me, I did study law at university, but throughout my five years studying law at university, I told many, many people that I would never work as a lawyer or in the legal field. Um, sure. But as I kind of went through that rotation and I went through other rotations to kind of know what else kind of was in the business and I spoke to other people, like I talked to my parents, I spoke to um, our grad advisor, I also spoke to my mentor a lot. Um, And I think even though in my mind I was a little hesitant to work in law because I felt like I was just defaulting to working in law, a lot of people that I spoke to really felt that it suited me. Um, Sure. I think particularly my mentor who... Is really amazing and is not paying me to say this about him, but is probably listening to this right now. He helped me actually a lot. Like we talk through um, what kind of I think strengths that I had, what kind of things I enjoyed doing. He also kind of I think gave me a lot of encouragement um, that I could work in law and that I shouldn't doubt myself and that I, you know, I was good at what I did, um, which helped me a lot. So I think. If you don't feel like you know where you want to end up or if you have doubts about it, talking to people around you is really helpful because they kind of see you in a more objective light than how you see yourself.
1: Shout out to Alice's mentor. Wow, that's, that's so good. So you did end up going into an area of the business which is actually quite similar to what you did at uni. Do you think, is that a common experience for graduates? Would you recommend graduates look to do something really similar to what they do at uni? Or do you think uh, for graduates, yeah, there's like, it's a lot of other opportunities which aren't so much related to what they did at uni and it's more just about what they uh, experience on the job and, and the skills they pick up through doing that?
4: I think there's definitely been, in my cohort, um, grads who have gone into areas of the business where they did not study, like, anything really remotely related, just what they enjoyed. And I think for me as well, some of the things that I really enjoyed doing were completely unrelated and very different to what I studied in uni. Um, But still, when I kind of think about it, like, for myself, I think... I should focus more on like where I kind of want my career to go rather than what I enjoy. But there's definitely nothing wrong with just going into an area of the business that you really enjoy, even if you don't really think that like it'll be your whole career because like you can always move around within the business or the department as well and within the APS as well. It's like not that difficult to move around into different roles. So I think for me, I did pick something related to what I studied and Maybe it's not like 100% what I enjoy, but I kind of feel like my career would develop well in that direction. But also there are other options for me personally to go into teams where it's just work that I enjoy. That's not related at all to what I studied.
1: So apart from, I guess, the the academic background that uh, you brought with you from uni, what sort of skills did you pick up uh, during your program that you think Uh, were helpful? What sort of like soft skills or things did you develop on the job?
4: I think one of the skills that I picked up from my rotations is to be more open-minded and think about problems in a different way. Um, I Mm -hmm. think previously I've been very like left brain in my thinking, but working in more creative teams has allowed me to be more creative as well in my thinking and approach problems from a different direction. And then I think in terms of soft skills, you kind of just pick up, I think, a lot of soft skills of just being around other people. So um, in uni, the people that you're around are obviously quite similar to you in terms of their age or like their demographic or their interests and their studies. But when you enter the workforce, um, the people that you're around become very diverse. So like the ages are very diverse, their backgrounds are very diverse. Um, You know, The kind of life experiences they've had are very diverse. So I think A soft skill that I've picked up is just being able to hold a conversation with someone who's very different from me and not feel totally out of my depth.
1: Would you have any uh, sort of final advice to maybe not grads, but people who are maybe thinking about starting a grad program?
4: I think just be open-minded about what opportunities you go for. If you are offered an opportunity, definitely take it, even if you're not sure if it's going to be right for you or if you will 100% enjoy it. I think also just being prepared for any kind of situation so you're ready to take that opportunity when it kind of presents itself to you.
1: Alice, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fantastic having you here in the studio. I've learned a lot. Hopefully our listeners have as well. Best of luck for finishing up your rotation and also starting in your permanent role. And I'll probably see you around sometime at the office at CSC.
4: Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me.
1: Gradcast, for grads, by grads. Krishna, what did you think? So you started the grad program at the same time as Alice. Has your experience been similar or different in terms of finishing the grad program and moving on to um, things afterwards?
0: I think it's so unique, and I guess it's got its own pros and cons, that different grad programs in different agencies last for different lengths of time. So I'm officially sure. no longer a grad and I'm very happy about yeah. it because I have a substantive role and I can move on with planning my career and um, in, a, in a fairly solid direction that I want to go in, um, which is great in a way. But then if you're somebody like Alice who just loves rotating and changing her hair colour as per her rotations and you know she's um, that's her passion, then that's lovely as well. But yeah, it was mm. so fun um, listening to Alice and um, I I think one of my favorite things she talked about is the transferability in the APS and how you can you do have the option to change um, and choose your rotations but also choose the direction of your career because there's so many opportunities. I love that. And I also loved the fact that she talked about the sort of culture shock that comes coming straight out of uni. It, it actually was a trip down memory lane for me because she, she was spot on about the fact that at uni, you hang out with people who are just like you and the APSC it teaches you adaptability and agility and, you know, because um, you're meeting so many different kinds of people. It teaches you all of those important skills um, to communicate and network and things like that. So um, is this your first week back in office and have you had the chance to meet some of your colleagues yet?
1: So I've been back in the office this week and uh, Alice has been one of the people I've met, but yeah, I've been able to meet other people in the office it's so good being back um, and able to yeah I guess be connecting in person and being part of that culture in the workplace.
0: What are your most memorable uh, moments from your I guess I guess you finished one month of your grad program now? Am I right in saying that, or has it been two months?
1: It's been uh, one month, so some memorable moments. Definitely starting a rotation. I've just started a rotation in the marketing team with Brandon Marketing. Uh, so that's been really exciting. Starting there. Uh, and being able to go into the office, meet with my supervisors, uh, definitely experiencing some of the the things Alice was talking about. Yeah, the great excitement of doing a rotation which isn't very similar to what I studied and sort of having to pick up new skills uh, and I guess, yeah, some of those soft skills on the job. Uh, so that's been really uh, thrilling as well, learning to use the work coffee machines, also a, a well, I don't know if that's a highlight or a low light, but it's certainly, um, yeah, it's been. It's a low so light. It's a low office. light
0: when you start having six coffees a day. Trust me.
1: Sure, that's right. Uh, I'll try and, um, yeah, that's. It's just the work that keeps me going. Don't need caffeine for that.
0: Okay, there you go. That was episode two. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you found it to be super duper useful for you. Um, Until we see you next time, I also want to take this opportunity to wish all of our listeners a very happy International Women's Day in advance, which is on the 8th of March. Um, It's such a fun month. March is always so much fun in Canberra. With the Enlightened Festival on, there's so much to do. So go out there and make the most of your grad program. Um, You can follow us on
1: Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok? Not yet, just kidding.
0: Uh, And also,
1: uh, make sure you like and subscribe us on your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or if if your podcast app allows you to rate. Uh, Make sure you listen, spread the word about Gradcast. Uh, And again, thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to our guests as well Alice and Kate and Vanessa. Uh, I hope. Uh, you our listeners learned heaps of things from their, their interviews i know i certainly did so thank you very much for listening
2: see ya bye thanks krishna thanks callum we'll see you next time gradcast is produced by content group on Nunall land in canberra by the way we're on linkedin as well as facebook insta and twitter connect with us the podcast is brought to you by the commonwealth superannuation corporation csc And it'll be back soon, wherever you get your podcasts.